Welcome to this week's edition of UJ Sports Live. My name is Roddy Nabulsi. I'm joined by Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, and of course, Dane Young, our technical wizard producer, uh, general manager extraordinaire. I'm trying to, I need to hype him up a little bit more than coach. Everybody knows who coach is, but who the hell knows who Dane is? Uh, we, we were off last week. It was my fault. I decided to take a vacation, a quasi vacation, went down to the beach. So, of course, Georgia got four commits. You're welcome, Georgia fans. I do it for you. I do it for you. Uh, right. But all the eyes are back on the coast right now. I was just in Orange Beach. And if you head uh, west from Orange, or excuse me, east from Orange Beach in about maybe an hour, hour or two, you wind up in Destin, Florida, where all the uh, SEC coaches are and the uh, SEC commissioner and ESPN. They're down there trying to look into their uh, investment. And we've already heard from uh, Eli Drinkwitz this morning. Uh, Billy Napier is up on uh, in front of the podium as we speak. So a lot of stuff going on in Destin, Florida, with the SEC meetings. And a lot of people get the meetings confused with SEC media days, two completely different things. And uh, right now the coaches are down there. They're arguing and voting and uh, discussing things, And which you know happens every year. And I can remember in years past they would only talk about uh, – uh, the cost of attendance, you know, stipend, and they argued about that, and they argued about NIL. What they're arguing about this year is the eight or nine game SEC schedule. Uh, teams currently play eight games, but they could be playing nine with the new expansion coming and uh, the playoffs coming. So, Coach, uh, I want to get your take on this because you've been to those meetings, and we'll, we're going to hit, we're going to pepper you for some insider information from those uh, meetings, stuff that happened in the past, but. I want to get your talk, your thoughts on this eight or nine game SEC schedule. I'm a traditionalist. I like the eight games. I like having uh, the, uh, you know, the the guaranteed home games. I know everybody wants to play a tough schedule, but I'm like, hey, I kind of like the way it is now. But other teams are like, hey, if you do that, you only get one permanent opponent, and it could be a mess. Whereas nine games, it it could be three permanent opponents. I don't. Know. Give me your thoughts, coach. It really doesn't matter what the coaches think. It doesn't matter me diddly. Because <laughs> the only thing that's going to happen is they're <laughs> the athletic directors are going to talk about it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean diddly. And then on Thursday, the presidents will talk about it, and that means everything. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we had some really good things that we recommended, and they met, went about as far as the door. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think – Certainly, I'm overreacting here, but I'm just letting the fans know that uh, the powers that be down there are the presidents, and they control it just like they do. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. But what's something that you recommended? We can make a lot of uh, make a lot of noise here about what ifs and all that, but we're we got some good questions we can have. I know this that it doesn't matter to Coach Smart whether we play eight or nine games. He's going to play the schedule that, that we're given, and he's going to make the best of it. And it's pretty obvious that he doesn't mind scheduling some really good teams. If you look through the 2033 schedule, we got power five teams scheduled throughout that time, not to mention Georgia Tech, which, you know, uh, is a power five team. Hopefully they're going to get better, not too much better. But <clears throat> the point is you got to go with what, 
what they bring to the table. And uh, I think the real issue here is it seemed like when we were talking about this a year and a half ago when Oklahoma and Texas came into the league, uh, money wasn't an issue because ESPN was was printing it. But now they're in a position where they're laying off people. They had tremendous uh, uh, loss of cable income because people are streaming things now. <clears throat> they're going to more of this Disney streaming. And uh, so the money's just not there to present to the to the conference like it would be like, hey, well, you got a ninth game. We're going to give everybody five million more, which 16 teams that ends up being, you know, 80 million more dollars. So I think it's just uh, something you just can't say, hey, we're going to play eight or nine. But reading the tea leaves like I know how to read them. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Eventually, we're going to get to the nine because we got to restore and keep the one the, these uh, games that we want to keep. Can you imagine Texas coming into the league and then all of a sudden not playing Oklahoma? Ooh. I mean, that would be that would really chap a lot of people's ass in Oklahoma, Texas now, because Texas A and M is in the conference, and everybody's wanting them to play that. So you got a lot of issues uh, reading the tea leaves. Listen to Sankey. I think at the most it would be an eight-game schedule just for one year as a, for next year, 2024. But I think nine games down the you know down the the road are going to be good for everybody. <clears throat> Here's the other thing: ESPN's bidding on the NBA. They're bidding on the the uh, all that fighting, all that different kinds of fights they're trying to get. So they're having to spread it all out. Fortunately for them, they got the this, the SEC game of the week now, and uh, we'll just see what they do with it. But uh, what's your take on it, Dane? I look at it as the priority structure of what people want from this, because a lot of times this discussion comes down to fans saying that, and I agree with this, that Sanford Stadium is a special place, that big games fans happen there. Diddly, man. Fans are diddly. I know. Say, I know. I'm going to interrupt you. You know what? The people that make a difference are the bottom tier teams. All of them, they don't want nine games because that's another SEC loss for them. So that's why they want to get in the bowl. They're worried about a bowl game. We're worried about the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, we're worried about the playoffs. So go ahead. But you, I just disagree about the fans. If the fans were calling the shot, we'd be playing in, in uh, Jacksonville every year. So the fans don't mean near as much as you so keep going no, here I, I i this is a preface so whether it's jacksonville whether it's home games at sanford stadium like fans want those atmospheres but what really matters and what's going to dictate all of this okay. is the money money will drive all of this and espn needing more money and college football expanding for more big time games i i think it happens for the money reason too that this is uh, more money that ESPN can generate from advertisers, but it also means that ESPN is going to have to pay the SEC more because that's going to be an extra game for each team involved that now ESPN has full rights to. And most of that contract they, they would have had anyway. Right. They don't have the money to pay it, even though they're, you know, to guarantee it because who knows what's going to happen, uh, you know, in the future here. So uh, I just think it's a good dialogue here and I didn't mean to bust you too bad, but, the overriding issue is here. Fans don't mean diddly. Coaches don't mean diddly. Diddly, diddly, diddly. It's just, I love the fans. I think that's why we have the game. 
for the players, but also for the fans. And it'd be nice if the if the fans could dictate it a little more. But they dictated some because of the money out of their pockets that they buy the tickets and, and support it and everything. But, you know, you just can't get to a situation where all of a sudden the team's not having, but, you know, three home games as compared to, you know, because you're playing a, a game in Jacksonville. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I read where Sankey said money shouldn't, shouldn't drive the decisions. <laughs> uh, he said that today. Uh but you know, we all know that makes a little bit. But uh, did, did lightning strike after he said that? No, I mean he, he just said you, you you need to look at the long range plan. But hey, uh, we'll we'll find out this week. I predict I predict it'll probably be eight games for twenty four, and then nine games on. And then uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they got nine. I hope we play. You know. We're going to need those those extra points when you when you get start working on that college football playoff because but the one good thing about the playoff is you can stub your toe maybe one or two times now as compared to when there's only four when you better not lose too much. I think that's big. I also think that uh, you're dead on when we talk about what the coaches want versus uh, what the ads want, and then it's the presidents. It came down to me. A, I've, I've told the story before, so bear with me if you've heard it, but. I remember sitting in a uh, meeting with someone from the NCAA and a you know, bunch of writers. It was with the rivals. He would come to us and um, talk to us about all the new rules with the NCAAs because we're actually – we make sure that we follow the NCAA guidelines when we talk to recruits and such. We're actually certified by the NCAA uh, as being in compliance, so we try not to screw up anything. But we were asking about some of the crazy rules in the NCAA, and he said, look, you know, the, you, you see coaches – bitch about it. You see president, you know, ADs complain about it. You see presidents complain about it. They're the ones that make the rules. The presidents sit in a room and they come up with it. it it's a volunteer. You know, your participation in the NCAA is voluntary. You can leave, but you make the rules. And then you complain about us enforcing them. And I'm like, oh, so it's not the coaches. It's not the ADs. It's the president. So, Coach, I'm just backing you up there. It does come down to the presidents. It does come down to money. You mentioned uh, ESPN. Was it uh, uh, Disney that lost the Indian Cricket League, and that cost them uh, like four million subscribers to their streaming service? You know, it's just uh, the, we. You see, uh, the money's not. You know, it's not limitless, as you say. So that does bear into it. Well, and that piece of the equation, Roddy, comes down to like where money is in media and tech companies because Disney's now fishing in a pond a little bit that if Apple and Google decide they want to come in and take over, Disney can't hang in that game. No, you know, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> and I'm thinking about the eight or nine games. You know, you've got the, you want to keep your Auburn game, but you also want to keep your game with Florida. You know, it's like, oh, well, we, we got to play those two at least. And of course, you want, you, can't get rid of the Georgia-Georgia Tech one. And I think that uh, CBS reported that Georgia had 13 – the coach, you mentioned 2033 – 13 Power 5 non-conference games scheduled originally. That is – that looks like Kirby has no problem going out and playing those teams and continuing to play Florida and, I mean, uh, continuing to play Georgia Tech because he was obviously doing it beforehand. But what I thought was really interesting, Coach, was the fact that Nick Saban, who was a big, uh, you know, nine game schedule proponent because they would win it's not a, it's not a worry for them 
It's a worry for Vanderbilt. It's a worry for Missouri. It's a worry for Ole Miss. But Alabama's going to win it, you know. But now all of a sudden when he sees his three opponents are, you know, projected uh, yearly opponents, permanent opponents, he's backing out of that going back. Let's go back to eight games. Yeah, I mean, they, all of a sudden Tennessee's relevant now. LSU's starting to pick it up. And, you know, you're always going to have Auburn. But uh, you can't just have your cake and eat it too. So uh, we're going to – you know, to me, I think it's – all this stuff is, is great, but let's go on and uh, tell us some about some of our sponsors. Let's go on some relevant questions because we could hype and go back and forth on this what if in the submission. But uh, – it's going to be great because Georgia is going to kick some ass no matter whether it's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Take any man from any land, any game that he can name for any amount that he can count on any day that he can play. Be smart. <laughs> well, that lead in, I'm going to talk about any time, any place, anywhere. I'm going to talk about our friends at your pie because it's, it's uh, double points Tuesday. Jump on the app, order your pizza, order your salad, order your breadsticks, order your uh, gelato, uh, your uh, – the sandwiches are great. The sandwiches are fantastic. Uh, ordered on the app, you can either pick it up, have it delivered, or uh, eat in eat in store. So uh, eat it right there, or take it back to the house. Uh, you also you can order for tomorrow. You can order for later on in the week, but you can do it today and get your double points. And those points add up really fast and get you free uh, goodies. You can uh, try them all. Uh, I really recommend the uh, Southern Heat. You get a chance, try the Southern Heat sandwich. I mean, uh, Southern Heat. Pizza, it's just phenomenal. It's it's my favorite over there. And I keep trying the other ones. I keep coming out with new ones, and they're all really good. But I can guarantee you, if you get the Southern Heat, you like uh, spicy food and a great pizza, you, you will not be disappointed at all. All right, hit them up. Uh, also, I want to mention our friends over at – Oop, why can I do this? You want prime shrimp? I got you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bring up the prime shrimp on there. Because thinking food-wise, uh, if you want to get a chance to talk about prime shrimp – it's, it's a concept that a lot of people are not familiar with. It's basically mail-order shrimp, which sounds sketchy. It does. Come on. I'm going to order my shrimp through the mail. Nah. Trust me, this is a company that makes fantastic shrimp. They actually process it themselves. They put in great seasonings. They're from New Orleans. They put in some fantastic New Orleans seasoning. They freeze it, and they ship it to you with dry ice. So your shrimp does not come thawed out or sketchy. It comes in a cooler uh, box. It's got dry ice in it. You open it up, it's cooler than anything in your house. Uh, and you can play with the dry ice, which is, you know, an added bonus there. Uh, the shrimp is fantastic. You take it out of the box, you put it in your freezer, and then when you're ready, either that in, right away or in the next day or next weeks or months from now, you take it, you drop it into uh, uh, one of the packets in the boiling water. Four to eight minutes later, it is done. I was actually, when I was in the uh, Rouse's grocery store in Orange Beach, I actually saw they have them in grocery stores now. They're selling like hotcakes. So try it. Use promo code UGA Sports to get 20% off your first order. I guarantee you will like it. If not, let me know and I'll take care of it. I want to mention a couple of UGA things that aren't related to football. One, we need to give a shout out to Ethan Quinn, men's tennis player, national championship winner in the singles division uh, for the NCAAs. Coach, this is a special young tennis player. Yeah, he really has had a tremendous year. Started out with a great win, uh, winning the ITA in, uh, in the fall, and then uh, in the started out the season a little bit down with a couple of losses, but now he's won 22 straight, and uh, he was down. I mean, he was down to triple match point. 
and came back and uh, just tremendous victory for Ethan and hope he'll come back for one more year. You know, we've got the number one recruiting class in the country in football, but also tennis too. So it uh, looks good for the future here for the guys we got coming in. We lose four starters on the on our uh, tennis roster, but we got some good players coming in. So congratulations to Ethan. Real happy for him. I also wanted to mention just the coaching change that's happened with UGA baseball. Scott Strickland out after 10 years. I know it's never easy when some of these coaches you become friends with and you're not the active Georgia coach, but you saw other coaches uh, change jobs or, or new coaches come in while you were the Georgia coach. What's that community like of different coaches as these changes happen? Well, you get to know these families uh, uh, in, in not only uh, – when you're the coach, but when you're not. And then Scott has worked hard here. I've, I've got to meet his kids and his wife. And, uh, you know, he's he's done a lot of good things for Georgia. But uh, there comes a point, it's just like anything, you know, it's a what have you done for me lately business. And this is a tough conference. If you just look at the NCAA right now, you got uh, all these teams from the uh, SEC in the tournament. Uh, I think 12 of the 16 are in it. I don't know if we have six, everyone plays baseball, but it, it's certainly a tough league, but there's nothing you can say, well, we got a tough league and all that. Hey, it's just what it is. Same way with uh, uh, football. I mean, you got get good coaches, but uh, I know that he will uh, land on his feet. He's a good man. It's not uh, getting easier with Texas baseball coming in, Oklahoma softball coming in. I mean, it's just a gauntlet of a league in every sport now. Yeah, I'll tell you, my uh, granddaughter was here and my daughter for the for the uh, holiday weekend. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma softball has become kind of a big deal out there with the two-time defending national champion. And they were playing Clemson in a game that was not an elimination game, but it's, uh, it's certainly a game where if they lost, they'd have to beat them again. But they were down their last strike and were uh, down three runs. And this girl hits a jack over the left field wall to tie it up, and then they beat them in extra innings. But definition of sooner magic, man. I don't know. Switzer came up with that word a long time ago. Things like Keith Jackson catching that pass when we were down against Nebraska or whatever it might be, that was the definition of sooner magic, that's for sure. The other piece of news is facilities-wise. This came from the uh, Georgia meetings at Lake Oconee uh, last week. The track getting a new facility out toward where soccer and softball are, and then Georgia will be able to use that spot for some football fields. What does that do for Georgia practices? Yeah, I think it just makes it a little bit more conducive to, to uh, saving time. You know, at this point, we've got like one and three-quarter fields there if you just go uh, – look at Lumpkin and then go back towards the uh, Stegman. Uh, the one feels a little shorter. It's not a hundred yards, but you, you know, it takes so long to go from one field to the other or to go all the way indoors. This way, if you put another field up there on the track, you can just go side by side there. And over a course of two hours, going back and forth three or four times, saves you seven or eight minutes. So plus it's easier on your, your, your uh, body. These kids can't practice on turf a lot at the end of the year after they've been practicing all year long. Plus, it saves the field. You know, we have to resod these fields a lot. So I think it'll be good. And uh, for the track, it'll be good because they can now host some meets, have their own indoor facility that they can have an indoor meet too. And uh, encouraging about the, the track, to all the people that have qualified for the national championship, both men and women. And 
and in the coming weeks here, maybe next week, we're going to have a uh, a uh, podcast with Josh Brooks, our athletic director, who's going to talk to us about all the different changes here in the athletic facilities and what's projected for the stadium, not only this year with the new South Concourse, but the new press box area, which will allow for more luxury seating and all that. But Josh has said he's going to be on with us to talk about that, so looking forward to it. Roddy, I wish I could go pluck Jim Donnan from 1996 and walk him around campus right now just to see what these facilities look like. You, you get yeah, I, I was yeah, there for Coach's yeah. first day. I was shocked uh, for for the lack of facilities. Uh, I spent my first year and a half being the uh, fundraiser of the year, trying to get a new weight room and all that. But uh, we we definitely enhanced the the uh, stuff and that's what Kirby did when he got here. Uh, I told Kirby we were going to have a new uh, indoor facility and a new in new tra- uh, dressing room, but I didn't know it was going to be when he was the coach. I thought it was when I was the coach. So uh, <laughs> we, got, we got that way. I remember uh, getting the call. Hey, meet, uh, we need you at the stadium. Like, okay. And I'm a student photographer and I go over there and it's, uh, like, this is the new uh, football head coach. We're going to announce it later, but we need a photo of him. So I took a photo of Coach with a helmet on his knee. Me and Dave Tulis from the AJC were the only two people there. And I'm like, this That was good. And intimidating oh, for me as a new photographer. On stadium, they didn't have any hedges. They were all torn down. <laughs> I've been waiting all my life to see these hedges, but they were getting ready for the Olympics, so they tore them down. But uh, yeah. I took you down you know, to uh I didn't feel one of those guys. I was down there and we got a picture made with the statue there of Uga, and uh, I knew I had that houndstooth coat for one reason, but Claude Felton said, you probably shouldn't wear that. You know, that's bear still, and he's been dead a few years. So, But that's the only coat I had with me, so that was pretty funny, really. Yeah, I got you with the – Dave almost got you to ride that bulldog, so you were close, but no, we got to lean it up against it. It was a good shot, but yeah. I was happy, happy to be here, that's for sure. So what's the latest questions we got? I just I know that come in and talk about the uh, they came to campus and they hadn't been here in a decade or two and they're like this is not the same place I went to school and I'm like you think this is nuts? Go check and see what uh, you know with all the athletic facilities this stuff. You know this guy who used to work with me a long time ago said you remember when we were in a half room inside the Bud Smear building to run Bulldog Magazine? You know now we've got this photo suite, this, you know, area underneath the stadium that we can be working in. That's the locker room is nuts there. He saw all the construction going on on the West part of the end zone. I'm like, that's not, this is the second thing, you know, that they're adding on to it. It's insane. And I want to touch real quick on the uh, track, the new track they have going on out there. Uh, uh, I remember when Petros, the, the former track coach, but basically gave Josh Brooks an ultimatum, like, build me a, my own standalone facility with all the bells and whistles or I'm going to leave. And John, uh, uh, Josh like, look, I'm, I will, I'm going to, but you got to give me some time. We're finishing up some other stuff. And Petros left and he went and I got the uh, fantastic coach Gilbert from uh, USC. Uh, she's doing a great job. She's killing it over there. And I'm very excited that she's going to have her own indoor and outdoor facilities out on millage and Georgia can host SECs. I mean, we talk about Georgia hosting NCAA track, I mean, NCAA tennis and how cool that's going to be. If you can get the SECs or the NCAA track event champ- championships out on millage, it'll be absolutely wild. So that's a, 
a shout out to Josh Brooks on that one. I, I know that it frustrated him to lose a coach over it, but uh, he's got a, a great coach, and now he's getting the facility, and it makes football good. So that's Phil, a win all the way around. Phil Rogers asked on Facebook, Roddy, do you think the bridge will ever be closed in? I do not. Same. And, and that's not anything against it. It's uh, They're going to have the the new add-ons to the what the southwest part of the stadium. And then they're moving out all the journalists. All the journalists are moving down. What's very interesting is they're going to have about 270 new seats, which will basically they're going to go to the top donors to the athletic association and offer those seats to them. And the people who are not the top donors will have a chance to bump their donations up to get into that top. And of course the top people will have a chance to increase their lead. So it's going to bring in a ton of money and a shout out to the UGA resources. They brought in a $97.7 million in uh, donations. That is mind blowing. So uh, they did a good job there. So again, rich getting richer. Uh, it's been pretty impressive. Just win baby. Yeah, <laughs> just just win, and again, that's that's before they sell those two hundred seventy seats, you know, because people are going to want to get their donations to get to be a part of that. I just don't think they'll close that bridge in, because I I think the idea is more more luxury seating, more seat backs, more stuff like that. Uh, I just don't think that the demand is there to lose the aesthetics of the stadium and to close it in. Plus, logistically, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I want to make just a short comment about what's going on here in case we. Nobody asked about it, but you know we've mentioned earlier in these broadcasts over the one over May that the most of the players were going home, or maybe a few of them were here for the May master to make up some uh, academics. But for the most part, most of the guys got to go home. But uh, reporting back and uh, kind of a nice day today, all the new freshmen that weren't here for for uh, the fall, for, excuse me, for January, the early enrollees. The guys that signed that didn't graduate from high school until recently are here today and, and moving in the dorm. It's always a, a great thrill for them to be here and the coaches to take them around and get, you know, the parents go over everything about what's going to be going on with them. And they'll kind of get their feet wet here over the next couple of days. Kids will start working out on the uh, – weight training and they'll start adding the seven on seven and the individual drills and the meeting with the coaches. But tomorrow and Thursday, uh, Kirby and his staff will have his first camp where the, uh, it's more of an evaluation camp, kind of invitee type guys are coming in to get evaluated on a one day situation where they'll come in and uh, work on their own skills and work with other position groups like one-on-one -on -one and things like that but about 150 kids each day uh, to get evaluated, which will be exciting, which I've always thought was one of the best parts of uh, being an ex-coach is go over there and see some of these young guys that you've heard about and seeing their stars and you, you watch their stars on the, the way they're rated, but get a chance to see what, what they actually look on the hook. Guys like Caleb Williams. I, you know, I didn't even know him from a jar of Big's Vapor up to a day he came in here. And really, and I said, God, I've never seen a kid like this. And Kirby was talking about him. And, but, I mean, that's the idea. A lot of these guys, ninth and tenth graders are coming in here. Uh, our own uh, Blaine Gilmer broke something today about the uh, Lewis kid coming in, the, the good young quarterback from over in Carrollton. Uh, I'm excited to watch him. Uh, it's just a good – 
good vibe here. You know, you've been missing football, but all of a sudden you're getting ready to jack it up here starting here May 31st. And uh, anxious to see what uh, this Bowles kid looks like on the hoof, you know, coming in here and you and the Jones kid who we recruited out of North Carolina uh, who played running backs, probably going to play DB here. But all these guys getting getting our whole class here will be exciting for us. So that's enough for me. But I thought I'd give you a little update on what's going over there at Bud Smear. Well, we did have a question from Savannah Doggett at UGASports.com just saying, can you discuss the players that are arriving this week, who might contribute this year, and who might redshirt? Uh, and reminder that you can still play four games in redshirt. So the right. answer can be both. Right, and – so many of these guys will play special teams and uh, get get their licks in that way. It's a decided disadvantage, though, comparatively speaking, to the guys that started in the spring compared to the ones that, that didn't. Uh, you, you go back to uh, the corner that came in here a year and a half ago and how much work he got last spring and, and summer and how much he jumped in there. What was his name, uh, Roddy? The, the, the kid that Clemson had committed that we jumped uh, on. Everett. Yeah. Everett, you know, as compared to, say, uh, Singletary and uh, some some of the other guys that didn't weren't able to get here quite as soon. But Singletary might have gotten here too, but I don't remember. But it, it's just a different – Singletary or Humphrey did not. One of those guys did not. It's just a different deal when you get here and get that semester out of the way. But – uh but, you know, I think Bowles will be a guy we got to look at, a linebacker. He's a highly recruited kid, and he looks good on the hook. Uh, one of these, this one offensive lineman might be able to jump in there too. So, we'll see how he goes. Yeah, I was thinking like uh, Jamal Merriweather, you know, out of Brunswick was not able to arrive early, but uh, Monroe Freely did. You saw Monroe Freely out on the field, and he – I'm not saying he looked game ready, but he impressed the hell out of me. I'm like, this kid is going to be a monster. So, uh when you show up in May 30th is your first day on campus. Those guys have already been through the hell of spring practice and all those uh, practice, all the other <clears throat> non-practices, you know, all the workouts and such. You're a little bit behind the eight ball. And, well, you, oh, you can catch up. It's not that big a deal. I'm like, it is kind of a big deal because the talent level is so tight. You look at that right. DB room, it's – you're splitting hairs here. And if one guy has just, you know, a three-week advantage – we saw guys get – look they look good in spring because they made it to bowl practice for right. just a couple bowl practices. It, it matters. So if you look at the evolution of what's happened here, you talk about the SEC meetings. I remember we were talking about it would be great if we could get our uh, freshmen in summer school. You know, all that stuff about we wanted to get our freshmen just to come to summer school and for the school to pay for it. Yeah. And that never even came to fruition until about five or six years ago. So, that was 25 years ago. And then the other guys, you know, he had a guy like Eric Zara was one of the first guys to ever report in, uh, and come in for early practices. And then all of a sudden kids started looking at coming in earlier and earlier. And then, as Roddy alluded to, letting it be possible for the kids that had already graduated, come on in and go to bowl practice and work out with you. All those things have, have kind of made it a lot easier for for everybody to make the transition. Well, speaking of making things easier for you, I want to mention our friends at Athens Ford because they do a great job of making things very easy. When you go over there and you need a new uh, vehicle, you need a, a pre-owned vehicle, you need service done on it, 
they got you covered. Uh, they're huge in the uh, helping the Georgia community out. They've done tons of uh, uh, charitable work in the Athens area. I mean, that's they're, they're just good people out there. We met with Brian Clover recently. Then look at some of the stuff he's doing. They were helping out with the Players League. They were helping, you know, basically helping Georgia with some NIL stuff. Uh, they're died in the wool. Georgia fans are also very patriotic, and uh, I know that. Uh, uh, it means a lot to Brian. He's a, a dyed-in-the-wool patriotic man. And I know that uh, in part of that is he gives a discount, a $500 discount to any active uh, military members or veterans. Uh, so you can qualify for uh, up to a $500 discount if you were in the military. And so I'm sure he was uh, uh, honoring Memorial Day yesterday. Uh, this is a guy who's... Uh, has a lot of love for our veterans and he appreciates the sacrifices they and their families make. And he tries to help them out when it comes to purchasing a vehicle. So hit them up. They also take care of students. If you're a recent graduate, uh, they check them out. You can get, you too can get, maybe get $500 off your vehicle if you qualify. So hit up our friends at Athens Ford. They do a great job of taking care of you. And again, as coach said, to make it easy. Those guys do when you go in to purchase a car. Uh, while you're on that side of town, if you were at Athens Ford, you were probably, I'd say for me, is in walking distance. You're within walking distance of uh, uh, Academia Brewing Company. That is a great place when you're on the west side of Athens to grab a ton of great beer, some wonderful food, great atmosphere. If you want to watch the uh, uh, NBA uh, finals, that's a great place to watch it. They'll be on all the TVs there. If you want to watch Braves baseball, you can do it there. They have the great outdoor seating in their beer gardens. They have the outdoor bar. They have the lounge area. They have the corporate section that's all painted and fantastic. If you want to have a big event out there, you got weddings coming up and you're looking to have a huge wedding party out there, uh, they can take care of it. Uh, huge new coolers of beer out at Academia Brewing Company. So check out Academia Brewing Company. Get great food, great beer, great ambiance, and have a great time. I came out of the last break with a tennis update. I'll give you another one, Coach. Daniil Medvedev losing in the fifth round of the French Open. You guys ask me. Yeah. I'll tell you, I started watching that match at 8 o'clock this morning, and I got tired, but I kept watching it. I mean, they played for three days and 14 nights, man. That was a long match, a lot of long points. And I never heard of that guy, have you? I'd never heard of him either. He's a great name. Um, now I'm going to have to go look it up. Seaboth uh, Wild, and that's his last name. His first name is Tiago, I believe. Tiago Seaboth Wild from Brazil. Hey, Roddy, your thoughts? He grew up on those play courts, man. He knows how to play on them. And, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. He's a good player. I want to go back to some of the things happening in Destin. Coach, we had some questions, just the stories that you have from there that are great. But I, I want to mention two things. One, the, the nice things being said about Mike Leach and how he belongs at those tables. Um, and I'm glad that he's uh, getting remembered in that way at things like this because he's such a valuable personality around college football and he's sorely missed. On a different note, this is from Ross Dellinger, tweeted this out. Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz says that college players through NIL are making more money than his brother-in-law, who's a pediatrician. Quote, he saves lives, unquote. I remind everyone that Eli Drinkwitz makes $6 million a year. So, and they, and they make it easy for you, Eli. So I think one of the best things he can do is just go to the meetings. <laughs> no, you don't need to. It's like we used to go to these meetings and, 
uh, big NCA meetings, one double A, and this, this one guy who never even made the playoffs, he talked all the time. And the, the guy that was running the thing said, look, you know, we probably need to hear from some people that win. it's true and uh, yeah i hate that nothing against eli but i I just think what until you really do it you gotta you know he's been he should be glad he's at that meeting this year he was he was right on the edge and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see with a new offensive coordinator where they gonna continue to kick field goals or try to score touchdowns (laughs) that's a good point and so he's upset that his pediatrician brother-in-law doesn't make as much as some of the elite college football athletes. I'm like, okay, how many pediatricians could you find in Kansas city? You know, how many could you find in St. Louis versus how many starting D one quarterbacks are there uh, in that same city or in that same Columbia? You know, it's a, uh, it's rarity draws money. How many sec coaches are at the meetings? 16 jobs. That's it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, 16 pediatricians in St. Louis, I guarantee. All you. right, so it, it's 14 coaches at the meeting, right? Like Texas and Oklahoma aren't. I know their banners are hanging up outside of yeah, those photos, the but ADs they're not there. Are, the ads are there, but uh, they're just in a kind of a look look in type deal. The coaches aren't there and don't have a voice. Uh, from what I understand, they might be coming and go to the uh, socials or something, but I don't think they're in the meetings. But, yeah, we got a lot of little time for some meet for, for a couple of uh, coaches things that happen. I, I that'll be some good, good stories at the end. All right, we'll save that for then. Um, here's a question from uh, Boost Ascendum, Coach Donna. What do you think of Dan Mullen and Shane Beamer out boating together and talking about uh, where the big ones are biting tomorrow? Hey, that's good. They both got a place down at the lake, and uh, hey, good for them. I mean. Um, you know, any way you look at it, Shane's got it humming right now. I mean, those two wins last year at the end of the year, impressive. Uh, you know, they got the over-under 6.5 wins for South Carolina. Uh, they got a tough game starting out with North Carolina there in Charlotte. But, uh, and, 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 of course, Mullen's just doing TV now, so he's not worried about third and six. Cool. For people that missed it, Shane Beamer tweeted out the photo of him and Dan Mullen on the same boat and said that Georgia fans are coming by with like the red coat band playing over the speakers <laughs> and, and kind of yelling at them. They, those people were so drunk, they probably thought that was Kirby on the boat. <laughs> hey, that uh, member is Bust Ass on Dam. And there's a funny story behind how his uh, name came to be, but we will save that for a, uh, a nighttime show. My apologies for the mispronunciation. Red and black in the day. Coach, do you have any Roman Gabriel stories from your NC State days? My dad said Roman was one of the best baseball players he ever coached when he was Roman Gabriel, one of the best three sport athletes. He played football, basketball, baseball at UN over high school in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. And then he came to NC State and he was a quarterback prior to me being there. There was one other quarterback in between, Jim Rossi from Asheville, North Carolina. But the good story about Roman was he was, uh, uh, you know, he was married there at the time his last couple of years, and they had this training table where the Coach Edwards would ask the uh, married players to come to the training table uh, once on, once a week and uh, stay after practice and go over there and eat with the other players. But the, uh, the, the guy, the business manager, said that 
it wasn't fair for the uh, for the players to eat and not take money out of their checks, which which basically they were giving money to the football married guys to have the you know their their food and their housing on their check. So Coach Edwards gets up there in front of the whole team and says, "Men, you know, we talked to Charlie Ward, and uh, he feels like it's not fair for you for you guys that are married to come here and eat and not have." not pay for it, so we're going to start taking the money out of your check. And you got to remember, Coach Edwards was strong. Now, this guy, when he said something, nobody ever said anything. Okay, so I'm putting this out there. So he said, we're going to, we're going to start taking money out of your check. And Roman stood up and said, no, you're not. <laughs> Just like that. And everybody in the room was silent because Earl doesn't know what to say. You know, here's Roman, his best player saying, no, you're not. He said, the only reason we come over here is because you make us. If, you, if you're going to take money out of my check, I'm not coming. And Earl said, okay, we'll look into it, Roman. We'll look into it. <laughs> it was wow. pretty cool. I mean, dead silence over Roman. But he, uh, he was an unbelievable athlete, and he played in the pros. You know, I, I, he stood back there like this, throwing the ball, and guys just bouncing off of him. But very good guy. He's still – Living in, uh, I think he lives in Charlotte. He, he, his kids were named after him, like everyone with an R, like Rory and maybe a Roddy. I don't know, but uh, they had a lot of uh, R's in their names. Coach, at these SEC meetings, I know you say that the coaches don't make a lot of the decisions of what happened here. So what are they discussing? Is it the clock rule changes? Is it NIL stuff? Is it everything? What happens there that the coaches are discussing with each other? They're looking at that schedule and saying, "Look, when can we leave and go out on the beach?" <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all kind of they got a deal there that that they'll meet a little bit with the commit with the commissioner. They'll meet a little bit with the uh, supervisor of officials, and they'll meet maybe a little bit with some TV people, you know. But for the most part, the the agenda is already set, and they give it to the coaches before they come. And very seldom do you have any kind of new things come. You know, you're always just going over things that have already been passed and, and they're telling you about them. So, uh, but, you know, occasionally some issues will come up, which I'll talk about here at the end of the show, which was pretty funny. I mentioned the clock issues just because I still think that that's a jarring change that college football fans will be experiencing together. It's humongous, but what can you do about it? I mean, and I'm sure Kirby's explaining it to everybody because he's the chairman of the committee that, presented that rule. So uh, uh, Roddy actually saw him out in Indianapolis when he was uh, out there for the uh, combine. Uh, Derby stalking, stalking, stalking. But, you know, it's just, uh, then you know, with, with the clock not stopping on first down, it's going to be, you know, probably 12 or 14 plays you won't have average on the game. Uh, here's a quick quote from Hugh Freeze. He's back to his uh, – He's back in the SEC meetings the first time since 2017. He says, keeping the Georgia-Auburn game. Did he put that on a burner phone, or was it a quote? Yeah, it says, keeping the Georgia versus Auburn game is huge, but he says any questions about an eight- or nine-game schedule should go to his president and athletic director. So that, again, confirms what you said earlier, Coach. He's like, hey, ask me what I think about it, but if you really want to know what the hell is going to happen – Ask my AD and my president. But right. questions about the floor of Bama should go to Hugh Freeze. Oh, you got it. Low blow. 
burger. Fuck. Are we doing? Are we doing a sponsor break? Or you want more questions, Roddy? Uh, let's do another question, then a sponsor. Uh, let's see. There was one in the chat here that I wanted to get to, and I am losing it. Yeah, we talked about the non-game schedule here. Um, Phil Rogers reminds Coach Donnan that he led uh, NC State to a win over Georgia in the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, Coach is, is well aware. Yeah, well, I had a lot of help. Um, okay, I have lost that question where it is. Let me see if I find another, if you uh, have one. Um, no, I'm not going to Nashville for media days, but uh, for the NIL, Andrew and Jed will go. So. There was one. There was. Here's another thing that's happening this weekend. Massive uh, weekend of official visits here. Some who's who of players coming in here, and it'll be uh, uh, keep up with uh, Roddy's website here. There'll be a lot of uh, stuff out there between Jed May and Trent Smallwood and Blaine Gilmer. All those guys keeping up with these guys that are visiting and telling you what else going on. You know, uh, the recruiting has been crazy. I was out last week, so, of course, there were four commits. I'm going to mention them real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know you had uh, Riddell, the um, uh, tight end. He was the last one to commit. You had Colton Heinrich before him, Marcus uh, Harrison, the offensive lineman, Drew Miller, the kicker. So two uh, four-star tight ends, uh, Jaden Riddell out of Missouri and Colton Heinrich out of Fort Lauderdale. Marcus Harrison, the six foot eight, three hundred thirty-five pound offensive tackle out of New York, and then um, uh, Drew Miller out of uh, Iowa, the kicker, six two, two hundred pounds. Think about it. Let me make a couple points on on those guys. Uh, unless you want to first, Roddy, go ahead. No, no, I was just thinking uh, when Georgia lost um, the tight end uh, commit who, who flipped to LSU, uh, Thomas. Everybody's wondering what's going to happen with uh, Florida State. Florida State. Excuse me. Yeah, Florida State. Uh, it was like, what's going to happen, you know? And of course, they were, everyone was looking at Nicar. Is Nicar going to flip too? And Nicar has been very uh, adamant that he is not flipping. Uh, but Georgia winds up getting two tight ends within 48 hours. But not of that flip. I'm just saying uh, Colton Heinrich committed after the big weekend. He was here. Dylan Rayola was recruiting him, the big uh, scavenger hunt weekend as did Jaden Riddell, then Marcus Harrison, the big one, uh, offensive lineman, also committed. And Drew Miller, that was kind of a surprise. I was actually out of town on my way to the beach, and uh, Drew Miller, the kicker, commits. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a couple things here from my perspective. Uh, it's a guy that I know down in uh, – that played for me at uh, Marshall, Tim Martin, is kind of a – trainer down in South Florida. And he told me about Colton Heinrich a couple years ago. And I mentioned him to uh, Hartley who already was on him, but you know, uh, when Tim tells me about a player, he's a player and uh, we got him. And then Andy Hill who played for me at Missouri is a coach of the Kansas city chiefs. And he told me about this kid that Ray Moore peculiar, which is a, a town there in, Outside, of, and the reason I say it is because that's a name you don't usually get a Ray Moore peculiar. peculiar. But, uh, it's a pretty peculiar name, really. So, uh, but basically, he told me about him a couple years ago, and uh, of course, Hartley was on him too. But it's always good for me to get that kind of background on somebody before you know, and then I, I kind of keep up with them. But uh, we, we we just keep attracting the really good players at that position because. 
we're putting them out, you know, five or six straight guys getting drafted. And then the punter uh, really got a thunderfoot out of Iowa and a uh, good, good player. And it's some question about how much eligibility uh, our punter will have because he'd already started his clock in Australia before we even started recruiting him. So it's a question whether he's going to get the COVID year or not. If he does, he'll have two years. If not, he'll just have one. So, and then the big lineman up in uh, New York, uh, McNally, a guy who was a pro coach forever, coached for Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and has a lot of friends in Huntington because he was a coach at Marshall, has uh, is, is seen this guy and helped train him, and he's really high on him too. So, that you know, this is a guy that wow. coached uh, that guy uh, at the uh, Bengals that was a Hall of Famer to play from Southern Cal. I can't remember what his name was, but Jim McNally says the guy's a player. That's pretty good for me. One note on Drew Miller, Georgia's first ever commitment from the state of Iowa, which you start looking at where Georgia has pulled recruits from in recent years. You go up to Rhode Island, and, I mean, even if you want to go back, no Sean Moreno from New Jersey. Not necessarily the football powerhouses everywhere, but Georgia finds them. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was, uh, I was definitely a long way away, but, uh, you know, our staff just looks around and, and gets the best guys. I know we got a good kicker coming in from uh, this guy from LSU, from Louisiana. You know, he's reporting, too. Uh, he's going to be here this this week, too, for our, uh, you know, enrolling in school. But uh, Iowa, man, I tell you what, I hope that guy had a hand warmer when he was punting up there because that's when I was punting for, for uh, uh, NC State when I was a sophomore. I wasn't playing a whole lot, and I had a hand warmer, and one of the other guys tried to get it for me, and I was got in a fight with him on the sideline. It was colder than a Wells Digger's butt up there when I played, though. Coach, when is the last time you tried to punt a football? Like, did you do it as an assistant coach? Oh, I used to show them how to drop it and everything and, and work on their timing, but I don't know that I've actually punted one full go in, since yesterday, but uh, no, I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> I'm afraid I, I pull a muscle, but uh, it's Peace. just uh, it's just a you know, you, you either got it or you don't on that. And it's not that I was that great with it, but I could I could punt and place kick because uh, my dad just told me, hey, if you're going to play football, you need to learn all the skills. You never know what you're going to need to do. He even had me snapping for, you know, snapping the ball, but I never did actually have to snap it. But, uh, you know, I held for extra points. I mean, all that stuff helps you. It helps your team. Uh, Peyton Woodring is the kicker they're bringing in. He should be here today. It's very. I knew that they were going to report sometime soon. I didn't know it's today. So, again, folks, watch this show. You learn stuff from Coach every week. And um, Georgia's not done. It's a huge weekend coming up. Uh, this, as Coach mentioned, uh, the June second weekend. A lot of official visits going on this weekend. Uh, we've had this weekend circled for months. Hell, since. December at least when a, when a lot of these kids started setting up their official visits next week, we're going to have um, our man uh, uh, Blaine Gilmer join the show at noon, just to be able to talk about it and uh, kind of recap some of the stuff that went on. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here before we get some of the good questions on the other side. I mentioned our uh, friends over at dead Soxy. They have a special going on now for father's day. Father's day is coming up. We're almost into June. 
Father's Day will be here. I know the idea of giving dad socks for Father's Day may seem like a cliche, but don't get him garbage socks. Get him fantastic socks, something that he will love to pull out of his drawer and put on every day. They're incredibly comfortable. They don't fall down. They have the true state technology. They stay up. They don't have the seams that get annoyed, you know, feel annoying in your shoes. Uh, these are great socks, and they have a deal going on right now. If you use promo code UGA Sports, you'll see there's a different one on the screen, but if you're listening to this, go to Dead Soxy, put in promo code UGA Sports. You'll get 25% off all your orders plus free shipping. That's a pretty good deal. So everything you see on their website, get 25% off and free shipping with promo code UGA Sports. They come packaged so nicely that you don't have to do anything. And your dad will get them. It's not like you got him some from uh, the Kmart Blue Light Special. These are really good socks that he will absolutely love, and he will wear them year-round, and he will probably ask you for more next year. So do that when you get a chance. Also, if you are looking to do something different in your life, you want to advance your career, you want to get out from under someone else's thumb, you know, you want to have more paid time off, more uh, diversity of your income, reach out to MyPerfectFranchise.net. Reach out to Andy Ludecki, who had a bunch of folks do this. Um, he basically will walk you through all the different franchises that are out there. Some you can do and keep your current job. Some you need to jump in with both feet. He will help you figure out where you need to go, what you need to do, how much money you need, how, how, how to get it, you know, through loans and stuff like that. He has opened up a ton of franchises on his own. He's helped countless other people do the same. If you check out the our Texas board, there are a lot of people over there that have gotten new jobs, thanks to Andy. Same with Georgia. We've got some roof, new roof con companies that uh, he helped get started for, for UGA Sports Readers, but a bunch of others as well. So Andy Ludecki at MyPerfectFranchise.net. It doesn't cost you anything. Hit him up when you get a chance. All right. We have five more minutes, and we'll wrap with questions. Roddy, I have one, and then uh, it's going to be questions that came to you, I think, uh, from Facebook. Cleveland, Tennessee Dog says, why is Georgia Tech so sacrosanct for Georgia fans? I think the time's come to rotate between Georgia State, Georgia Southern, and Tech only at home every three years. Tech's just not worthy of wasting a game every year. And I think it's funny how fans want to do it with Jacksonville or maybe they want to change uniforms, but it's taboo uh, to that Tech is tradition every year. Hey, he, he, he always makes some good points. He thinks about things a lot more than I do, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you, you know, uh, you, it's just uh, one of those deals that it's etched in tradition, and uh, I think that's all I can say about that. Would, would you rather keep the Georgia-Auburn game or the Georgia-Georgia Tech game if you had to get rid of one? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I was looking at the – our record against Auburn about how many points they've scored here. Somebody was talking about it, except for that 40 point game where they got all those points, uh, you know, that one time uh, we, they have, and they've only scored more than one, less than one touchdown a game here since 2008 or something here. But tech, I mean, you know, I don't know. I just got bad memories of tech because I didn't do as good against them as I should have. That's for sure. Well, you got I, screwed over. Well, that's okay, but still, uh, I just love seeing them get tech. I mean, I like to see them jack them up. Now, there's still a lot of uh, – my answer to that question is there's still a lot of people who were like, look, these are two of our flagship universities in the uh, University System of Georgia. If they're playing football, they need to play each other. And that's – it's 
again, it goes to the president and they're like, with the old money, the old uh, guard decides that, uh, you know, you want them yeah, to pay each other, then it's going to happen. You, again, I, would the say this, matter. I would say this about Georgia Southern, Georgia State, uh, and now you got uh, Kennesaw State going 1A. Uh, if you're playing a team like Ball State or Tennessee Martin, Hey, play one of those Georgia's teams to help them get some money. Might have got scared off in 2015 when Georgia Southern should have beat Georgia that day. That was poor, poor, one of the poorest coach, poorest coached overtimes I've ever seen a, a team coach. As good as that guy coached the whole game for uh, Georgia State. I mean, Georgia, Georgia Willie Fritz. They didn't. Their quarterback didn't touch the ball except to hand it off the whole. I mean, you got to let the quarterback try to win the game, but they didn't do anything except run some unbelievable reverse, too. I mean, but I was glad Georgia held on. That's a good win for Rick. Yeah, I remember uh, Jim Trussell did that with a lot of the schools in Ohio. He's like, look, if we're going to play these, uh, you know, we're not doing it home and away. We're just going to do it one time only. And he was playing every, – everyone's giving him hell about the uh, strength of schedule, but he's like, look, we're not going to play at Ball State when we can play, you know, uh, Green. Miami, Ohio. You know, and some of the right. things. Here's the you. other thing. Everybody's got to remember this. You've got to, you've got to, if they want us to have a good baseball program, a gymnastics program, all this stuff. you got to fund that stuff. Yep. And home games help you get that money. Certainly these NCAA, these SEC contracts for football help you. But let me tell you something. Uh, we want all these sports to do well. We want tennis teams to travel and the golf teams and all that. But you got to have the money. And if you can play a home game and not guarantee another team much money, boy, that's worth a lot of money to your, your program and helps these other sports. Yep. Uh, Big Sky Dog, we already answered this question. It was explain why they're moving the track. It's uh, to give the track more room, more facilities to host events and give Kirby Smart an initial practice field. Uh, last question, Barking Bill. Does Kirby Smart have any inclinations to coach in the NFL? I, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer. It, it is an easier deal from the standpoint of time restraints and things like that, time to spend with your family and all. But at the same time, uh, it, this is kind of utopia for him. You know, he and his wife went to school here. It's his school. You, you just don't know at what point. There, it just—it's to be too much, but uh, I wouldn't think he's got much of an inclination to do that. But he'd have to answer that himself. Yeah, and I think we've asked him about that, and he will—he just says, "Look, I'm focused on what I'm doing here," you know. And he doesn't—I won't say he doesn't avoid the question, but I don't—I haven't seen anything that has that looks to, of him. I haven't seen anything of him looking to have one eye on the NFL. Right. So on Certainly, the NFL has its eye on him. There's been guys that he's had some people look at him, that's for sure. I think that's, that's where the question came from. <laughs> well, I mean, the classic example was Spurrier leaving Florida when he did and then didn't go well up in Washington. Like, what were the circumstances that made Spurrier want to leave Florida? I don't remember. Yeah, you never know about that either. So, all right, that's all the time we have for this week's show, folks. Uh, uh, oh, Coach, did you have a story you want to sneak in here? Oh, yeah. We got time or what? We'll wrap with your story. Quick, real quick, two stories. We're having a meeting. Steve Spurrier 
they, they talk about, hey, let's talk about, has anybody got any questions or anything like that? The commissioner sitting there and everything. And everybody's around the table. And uh, Mike DuBose, at the time, you know, there was a lot of talk about uh, some situations going on in Alabama. And uh, so everybody's pretty much ready to go. And Spurrier said, yeah, I got something to talk about. I'd like to know how Alabama's getting all these players uh, automobiles uh, on these uh, uh, on this situation. And the reason I know it is because one of my players transferred from there and is there now and wants to know how he can get his uh, – what do you call that deal where you put it off for three years and then you pay it at the end? What's what's that called? A deferred, uh, a deferred loan? No, I don't know. It's a, a one 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 – one-time deal when they get their uh, uh, payoffs. And when he said that, you could hear a pin drop, and Mike DuBose <laughs> went under the table. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was pretty tough now. And then the other one was Lou Holtz kind of dancing in there the first year, you know, and uh, Lou's a good guy, but he was he was trying to take charge right off the bat, and it's about five minutes after nine. And every year uh, we have it alphabetically one of the coaches is in charge of the agenda and it just so happened Woody Woodenhofer was in charge of it that year and so Lou gets in there and it's five after nine there's a couple guys that haven't shown up yet they were outside coming in and Lou said I'll just tell you one thing every place I've ever been when it when it says we're starting at nine o'clock we start at nine o'clock and uh, so uh, Woody says hey Lou chill out a little bit said you know, we'll try to go as quick as we can on the schedule, but these guys are talking some press out there and everything. So we, we talk about 45 minutes, and then we say, hey, uh, uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in here at uh, 10.15. Well, 10.15, every coach is in there except Lou. Oh, God. Lou walks in there about 10.18, and Woody said, hey, when we say we're going to meet at 10.15 in the SEC, we meet at Lou. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning we have a meeting and Lou leaves and goes outside because there's a buffet, you know, for the coaches. We got it out there and he goes and makes a plate for his wife and takes it up to the room and brings it and comes back. And Woody says, what have you been doing, Lou? He said, well, I took some food back up to my wife. He said, Lou, this is the SEC. You can get room service here. <laughs> so he got on loop pretty good so it's a lot funnier to me than it is you but if you can I like it you we, we never hear that stuff that wants what to do you never know what it's like i mean all those type a personalities in one room then you know, about stuff like that lou uh lou's in there with commissioner roy kramer and roy's going over the sec media days the dates for it so he said okay coach don and you'll be in Birmingham's afternoon of July the 6th and Coach Spurrier this and Coach Holtz, you'll be in there the, the morning of July the 9th. And Lou said, I can't do it. He said, what do you mean you can't do it? He said, I've got something scheduled up. And Roy said, well, you got to change the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're going to the SEC meeting and I don't care what you got scheduled. So Luke got his ass chapped about three times. <laughs> oh, and we all feel bad about that. Yeah. Anyway, folks, be sure to tune in next uh, Tuesday at noon. We will have a lot to discuss, especially the big recruiting weekend. We'll recap it. George has been on an absolute tear in the recruiting uh, trail. So hopefully that continues through the weekend. We'll have it all for you next week. See you then. <laughs>